0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 11th, 2017, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on page 95, paragraph 2. We will be reading and commenting on four paragraphs, which begin with, if he is not interested in your solution, through the first paragraph on page 96, which ends with, who have since recovered of their chance. Today's readers are June S., Nancy H., Devorah S., Larry K., and Jane B., Our newcomer greeter is Robin S. The reference number for yesterday's Sunday, September 19, 2017 special edition meeting is 10409. That's 10,409. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, to read the 12 Steps of OA.
1: Good morning, Mrs. Juness, leader of the 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, and I wish everyone a prayerful
0: and peaceful day. Thank you, Juness. I will now ask Nancy H. to read the 12 Traditions of OA.
2: Yes, good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. reader The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Hence, COA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the privilege of, of reading. Bye now.
0: Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over-eaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on page 95, paragraph 2. We will be reading and commenting on four paragraphs, which begin with, If he is not interested in your solution, through the first paragraph on page 96, which ends with, who have since recovered of their chance. I will now ask Deborah S. to start us
3: off. Thank you so much, Rebecca, and good morning to you all. My name is Deborah S. from New Jersey, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. If he is not interested in your solution, if he expects you to act only as a banker for his his financial difficulties or a nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he may do after he gets hurt some more. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. If he thinks you can do the job in some other way or prefer some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that works with us, but point out that we alcoholics have much in common ...and that you would like in any case to be friendly. Let it go at that. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to keep chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. If you leave such a person alone... He may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself to spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. One of our fellowships failed entirely with his first half-dozen prospects. He often says that if he had planned to work on them, he may have deprived many others who have since recovered of their choice, of their chance, of their chance. Wow, a lot of information over here. A lot of directions over here, and um, and I need these directions because um, because I need these directions. And um, the best, you know, when I when I got into program, honestly, my sponsor did not say here's the big book, or she didn't tell me go out and buy the big book and read the first, you know, read it and get back to me and let's discuss it. Um, it was a very different a very different approach. It was only after I was in program for a little while that I was introduced to the big book. I mean, it was around. I ha- I did have a copy of it, and I read p- pages here and there and excerpts and things that I can understand And it was told to me to read the doctor's opinion, which I got, and read pages 30 and 31, and uh, different sections here and there, but it was never done in a, in a formal way where I read it page by page, paragraph by paragraph and in an order. Um, and, um, so that's how I sponsored, you know, with my sponsees, because I just didn't know any other way until I came here. Um, you know, I do, I, it's a very different way of sponsoring today. And, um, and I do, the first question I ask a sponsee is, is do you have the copy of the big book? And, um, you know, let's read it together, and we read together in the big book, and can you relate to this, and I, do you think that you are one of, you know, I ask them questions, and um, you know, a lot of times, they're very, very excited about it, and they, yes, yes, this is me, and I, you know, and um this is what I need to do, Um and you know, a lot of them keep coming back, and we go through the steps, and it's great, but some of them, you know, they're, they, they don't. Um, they pick up the food, they don't call back, whatever. And, you know, I used to, you know, run after them and say, what happened? You didn't call me. Um, but you know what? Today, you know, they basically, you know, they want to come back, they'll come back or they'll give me a call and say, you know, it's just not working and it's not for me. And, you know, we let it go at that. And I always keep the doors open. I'm always, it says here, you know, be friendly, you know, let them know I'm here for you. And, um... And you know, and also, you know, I have no monopoly on God, you know it talks about the monopoly on God here. I have no monopoly any way that you could find your God that's that's great with me as long as you know as long as you know that you're not it and um and that there is a higher power in your life um that's that's the best way that I do it. I don't preach, I don't give I don't give you know I don't tell them what you know what. Um, whatever works for you, um, you know that's the best way, and and the book says it right here, um, and you know so I'm just so grateful. You know I do move on. I don't just uh, you know run after you know run after the sponsees who's not there, and I keep my doors open, and you know and I'll do take on a few sponsees at a time. Because out of five sponsees that I could pick up, maybe one will remain, and that's the one that I want to work with, and that's the one that keeps me grounded and knows, you know, keeps me to remember where I came from, and, and that's what I need to do, and that's the purpose of me working with people, because I, I need to remember where I came from, and I need to keep myself involved in the book so that I can stay recovered, and, um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah S. Who would like to share on these four paragraphs?
0: M, M, Katie M, M, G. Nancy G. Matthew G. Matthew G. Matthew G. Matthew G. Katie Larry. Amy M. C. Larry K.
4: Nancy
0: Kim G. Nicole Teen. Barbara G. E. Lisa B. Nicole P. Barbara E. Uh Melissa was it? Did you get Lisa B? Lisa B. It might have been Lisa B, not Melissa, I'm not sure. Did Let me get tell NTH? you
5: who
0: I I did. Let me tell you Thank who you. I did write down and I know I missed many of you, especially the beginning people. Matt M, Katie G, Larry K, Kim G, Nancy H, Nicole P, Barbara E, Melissa B, Lisa B. But I'm not sure about those two. I know about Lisa. I'm not sure about Melissa. Who did I miss? It it wasn't
4: Melissa. It's not Melissa. It wasn't. Okay. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Who did I miss? Oh, I'm sure I missed. Someone. Okay. Okay, I'm getting a text that I missed a Chrissy G. Not a Chrissy dg just Chrissy G. (laughs) So, anyway, let's go with that. And if there's time, I'll open the floor again. Matt M., go right ahead.
6: Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., Professor Eager, over here in New Jersey. Yeah, back when I was sponsoring, I didn't know any better. The way they the way we were sponsored, we get twenty one days of abstinence, then we go through the first three steps and answer twenty one questions. Thirty days of abstinence thirty days of abstinence. right on twenty one questions that from all different pieces of literature, from the big book from the A, twelve and twelve to OA twelve and twelve. And then we were sponsored. we stepped up after only doing the first three steps and that's how we were sponsored and I didn't I haven't even done my fourth step yet and I was going ahead and doing uh sponsoring of people, you know, that that was the way I was doing it and I thought I had to drag people through the steps. I thought I had to be the ones who strong-armed them through. And as one, I was wondering why my sponsors are dropping off like flies left left and right. They were disappearing because I was coming on so strong. And I didn't realize that that's not how it's supposed to be done. It's supposed to be more gentle people and allow people to have the space they need to grow and the space they need to recover. You can't shove it down people's throats. And again, some of people have said, it's not for people to want it. Not for people to need it. so people will do the work. And, uh you know, I'm very stubborn myself, and uh, I realized if somebody had to try to strong arm me the way that I was strong arm my sponsors, I would have run, I would have told the person to go F themselves and run away. So I'm just grateful. Like once when I when I when I become a sponsor again someday, I kind of know how to do it now through the examples that I've been given through the sponsors that I've had in the past recently. So I'm grateful. I don't have to be someone who's a terror, who's like a t- tyrant. I can be someone who's kind of somewhere in between. You know, I, there's some rules that have to be followed, but there's also rules that don't have to be. Solid. if the trust them, doesn't want to it's up to them it's up to them how, how free do they want to be and with that i'll pass thank you
0: thank you matt m um, katie t hi rebecca may i be heard yes i hear you katie
7: wonderful hi guys um hi friends this is katie t recovered convulsive overeater anorexic and, blemic, and i'm starting my timer in boston so blessed today that I woke up, and I feel that I can accept what with eagerness what uh, my sponsor has to offer me today, and that um, I just it it comes from desperation you know it came from from sheer desperation over the weekend, I was in pain, and I was doing a step ten, and I was desperate and the message that I was offered I accepted with eagerness because i because i ha- because I have no other choice today that um, you know, I, I need a solution, and I know the solution works. And I think for so long, you know, um, there's a lot of mishigash I, I hear um, about, you know, sponsors firing people and things like that. And, and and in the beginning, there's a lot of background noise, guys. If you're not speaking, can you? Uh, thanks. Um, I heard a lot of Michigans in the beginning about people, you know, or I said it. Be, be sponsors firing me, and oh, poor me, they're firing me, and, and uh, all I want to do, like, I just didn't want to take responsibility for my behavior. Like, I didn't think that if I continued to eat, that anyone should say anything about it. I wanted to eat, I wanted to do what I wanted, and and that was it. And I didn't realize, I mean, the my addiction is acting like a child. Like, I I didn't think that I should have any consequences. And, no, I don't fire people today, but if you're not wanting to do what the book is outlining – how can we help, right, like, how can I help, and that is what, um, that's really where my recovery began, and I love, my desire for God has to come from within, like, I can't force this upon people, and um, you know, I used to think, once I said, God is responsive, she was really willing, I'd be like, oh, yeah, she's going to make it, or she's not, you know, and now I know, like, I have no idea, and it's not about me. Um, and, you know, the other thing is I find, you know, there's a nut for every wrench. And what I mean by that is there are so many powerful, amazing teachers on this line, you know, and um, and some of you guys might like my message, and some of you guys might be like, "Nah, Katie, you know, keep talking, but, um, I, you know, and, and that's okay, you know, because we all get to inspire people through the message of the book. But if if I'm working with someone and you're not, jiving for me to keep chasing you and saying you gotta do this you gotta make this happen is not helping either one of us because maybe somebody else on the line has a message that's going to speak that language of the heart that's going to get you and who am i to say i'm the one that's going to carry this perfect message to you so yeah, and I'm just blessed that um I can accept with eagerness today. But it was only through it's only through the um through pain, through through the school of hard knocks that I continue to want to accept with eagerness because, you know, this is not easy, but it is such a blessed program, and with that I do pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Larry K.
8: Hey Rebecca, good morning. Um, can you hear me okay by the way?
0: I hear you, Larry Kay. Okay,
8: thanks, Rebecca, for your service. I'm Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago.
0: I think we we
8: often, I know I did. I think we can make some mistakes with good intentions in this program and sponsoring people. Um, I know I did this earlier on, um, and it was not intentional. And see if, if if any of this resonates with you. We we chase people down. Now, people in OA they come to us generally. Uh, but still, once they come to us, we, we grab onto them tightly. I think that's a mistake. One of the things, too, I think, is we, in, we can inadvertently harm people, even with good intention. Even with good intention, we can harm people. We can shame them. So even if you have no intention of shaming someone, we can shame them by chasing them down, by holding them tightly by telling them what to do, what they need to do, what they have to do. I think there's a rhythm to the, to the program. Harlan's talked about kind of a timing. I think there's also a style. There's an art to this that you learn over time and we do it imperfectly, right? We do it to the best of our ability. But I think, you know, when, when someone is fueled by anxiety, someone comes here in the, in the, in the midst of this disease
6: and they're overeating
8: or they're, you know, engaging in bulimic behaviors, you know, we can inadvertently shame that person by chasing them down and and being t- you know too aggressive with them and telling them what they must do. You know, the the uh, we don't need to do that. It's all in the book. We can be compassionate. The problem is, I think when we do that, here's the unintended consequences. They begin to you know self isolate. You know, they 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 you know avoid your attempts at, at pushing and prodding talks about in the big book here. We're not going to push and prod. And then we inadvertently drive someone underground and it could be very counterproductive. So I need to guard against that. I say, look, you know, this, this worked for me. The instructions are there. See when they're ready, it's between them and their higher power. It has nothing to do with me. When their, their willingness has nothing to do with me when they're ready if they're ready they may never be ready they may die in this disease and i have to you know i i i'm not i i don't uh, i'm not more powerful than god i don't need to shake them by their their collar and i think um i think if we do that and we just allow people to uh, come to this when they're ready and to walk away when they're not ready that's okay with that i'll pass thanks
9: Thank you, Larry Kay. Kim G.
10: Good morning, Rebecca. Oops, my. Oops, my sorry, I kind forgot of my alarm, my um thing. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, when when people call me with uh, you know, sponsoring questions, the first thing I always suggest they do is they reread this chapter because there really is clear-cut directions, they're just not comfortable a lot of the time. But they're telling us specifically, and I I love the word if. So there's three conditions here. There's three scenarios they're presenting us with, and they're giving us clear-cut directions on what to do. So if he's not interested. So in other words, I have to get clear, what am I offering? You know, I'm not offering to be someone's banker or financial difficulties. I'm not offering to be someone's diet buddy. I'm not offering to be their life coach. And if that's what they're looking for, it says I may have to drop him until he changes his mind. Now, now, my experience is not that I, quote, unquote, drop people, but I get fired a lot because people are looking for a diet buddy, and they don't want to deal with the steps. Or they just want to call and complain about their husbands and their kids and their life circumstances, and that's not what I'm offering, and I'm very clear on that. And this is if they are sincerely interested, so if they want to do the steps, you're going to do whatever we can for them. But it's going to be on their work, not my work. If I'm working harder than the sponsees working on their recovery, that's not a good sign, another reason to leave them alone. And then it says, if he wants to do the job another way. And that can mean a lot of things. You know, if someone wants to go back to a conventional diet program to see if that works, I encourage them to do that. If someone wants them to use outside literature, outside of Overeaters Anonymous approved literature, I encourage them to do that. Because I don't believe my guide personally is so much bigger than this 164 pages. And even if they want to use other literature in OA as anonymous that didn't work for me, I encourage that for them. But I can only offer the big book because the big book is the only thing that's off that that has worked for me. And if people want to use other types of OA literature, I think it's my responsibility as an OA member to know other members of OA who use that literature that I can refer them to. And then less, do not be discouraged if he does not respond at once. Why did they put that? Because it's very easy to get discouraged. You know, I often tell my my sponsees when they first start sponsoring, grab three to five people and do the doctor's opinion with them, and they get scared. But just like Devorah said, if you grab three to five people, you're lucky if two of them even call you. And of those two, you're lucky if any of them want to work with you but they don't want to put the food down. So the way that I put it is, I'm not, I'm going to, you know, if you leave such a person alone, he'll be convinced he cannot do it by himself. I don't want to get, to get in between someone's step one experience. I don't want to make it so comfortable for them to be in relapse that they're not going to take action. And I'll end with this. For those of you who are still in the food who are not in this sponsoring thing, think about these conditions. Which of these conditions are you going to be willing to submit to as being a sponsor? And with that, I ask.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Nancy H. Good
2: morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. This is Nancy H. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Um, This part about, you know, not enabling them, I was told when I first started sponsoring, after I kept saying, well, this person didn't call back, this person didn't call back, I was told, you don't call them a sponsee yet, you usually call them a person of interest until you see if they're serious. So I've done that since then, and um, I know that I don't have the power over their recovery. I know that God is the only one who can help them to recover, and that's only if they're willing to do their part. So I end up, um, when I take on a sponsee, I usually say, you know, I'd like you to do a couple of things for me Um, in the next few days while you're getting abstinent. Uh, listen to a few recordings on the doctor's opinion, and I give them, I usually suggest two recordings. And then I tell them to call me back, you know, as soon as they're done. And some call back, and they say, well, I didn't have time to look, you know, to listen to it or whatever. So I give them another chance, and I say, well, you know, have you been abstinent for the last couple of days? Yes, I have. Okay, well, why don't we start reading in the doctor's opinion? And then uh, once we start doing that, and if they don't, um, Come around within a couple of days, and they just kind of forget about what I ask them. I usually kind of get the the gist that maybe they're not going to be serious enough, and I tell them that this is the only way I know how to recover because this is the way my sponsor did it. And you know, I have I I'm willing to help them, but they need to do their part along with their higher power. And I tell them that my job is to be a guide to their higher power, not to make me their god. So. Um, if they're not ready, after a while, I, give them, I usually call them just once or call them or email them and say, you know, if you're not ready, it's not a moral issue. I'll be glad to take calls from you when you're ready. And um, wish them luck. And so um, I think I haven't had a lot of success with this, unfortunately, and I get a little discouraged. And my sponsor just kept pointing out to me that, you know, it's not that way. It's not about you. It's about them. And uh, the last thing I want to say is that I started. To, I used to take one sponsee, and I I kind of put my eggs in that basket. And as soon as they were not there, sometimes I would say, well, I'll slack off and take a vacation for a day, and then I'll go back to getting another sponsee. But now I'm starting to take three or four at a time, and I usually, if I'm lucky, one will stay. And so I'm not letting myself get discouraged about this. I just keep knowing that if I spend my time on one person who's not ready that I'm depriving someone else who could use my help. So I'm very grateful that I'm learning along the way that I know um, that I can sponsor people and I don't have to act like my ego's in the way and it's my fault if they don't recover. So thank you for listening and I pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy H. Nicole P.
11: Good morning, everyone. I am a Recovered um, <clears throat> compulsive Reader From Georgia And Wow If he is not interested in your solution If he expects you to act as a banker For his financial difficulties um, For me when I start with the Sponsee I, My approach is I get to know like okay Because for me I know When I came into program I said Oh I'm ready to do this I'm ready to do that And I I get to know who my sponsors is a little bit, like where are they, where are their journey, how did they get here. And then I direct them right to the doctor's opinion. And I know for me, when I came into program, I had to read the doctor's opinion three times to actually relate because the third time was the actual time I was actually abstinent. So it related to me then when my mind was clear. When it wasn't, I was like, what is this? Why are you having me read this? I'm not an alcoholic. I don't get it. And I, you know, I had to have my own step one experience, as my sponsor would say. And part of that was I had a sponsor, you know, bless her heart. She was wonderful, but she knew I wasn't ready. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to fire her because I liked the idea of having a sponsor, because I had someone complaining bitch to, and oh, this is happening with my life, and that's happening with my life, and I would have someone to share the problem with, and because we didn't have that boundary where it's like, look, I'm not your, I'm not your therapist, I'm not your higher power, so I made her those things. Whereas with my sponsors, I let them know, yeah, I'm here if you have questions about the steps or about what we discussed. But I let them know I'm not your therapist, I'm not your gal pal. If we become friends through this, that's wonderful, but that's not the foundation of our relationship. And I love that we have great relationships, but it's not a codependent relationship. Um I have personally never uh fired any of my sponsees, but I have been fired and Usually what they'll tell me, and I appreciate, they're honest with me, and they'll say, I'm just not ready to do the work, or I don't relate to the big book, and I'd rather be sponsored in another way like doing 12 and 12, and I say, you know, that's your decision, and, you know, I can't force them. And in the beginning, I'll never forget, I was so aggressive with it, and I think it was because... I had seen so many people around me die from this disease that I just wanted to fix it. i like, oh, let's get to this book. Let's do that. And I would get frustrated because they weren't as desperate as I was. And I had my higher power had to remind me, Nicole, you weren't desperate in the beginning either. You had to get to the point where you were tired of being sick and tired of doing things your way because you realized they weren't working. They're not there yet. You can't make them be there. It's not your job to make them be there. And I had a conversation with someone in program, and they told me, you remind me of how I was with my children when they turned 18. I wanted to be their coach when what they needed was a cheerleader. And what I got out of that was I'm not sitting here saying, Woohoo, do what you want to do, but I can take them through the steps and let them have their own experiences. i And with that, I will
0: pass. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks, Nicole. Sorry to interrupt. I lost track of the time. Barbara E.
4: Good morning, everyone. How are you today? I hope you're all doing beautifully. I'll set my timer to start. Okay. I have to remember when I'm working with others, it's not ego building for me. It's bringing the program to other people. And if I fail with them, but I'm abstinent, I haven't failed. I explain to them what OA is all about. I talk briefly about the three-legged stool. I I explain briefly without sounding preachy, at least that's what I hope, what OA did for me and continues to do for me. If a person is not interested... Uh, or has problems following the directions or appears to want the cliff notes of it, it may be time to part ways. And as it says in the book, there are so many other people out there who are desperate and wanting to do it. Thomas Wolfe, a famous American author, said, I have to see things a thousand times before I see it once. That was true for me, and it may be true for that person. When and if they're ready, they will return. I explained that my journey took me through trial and error, through fantasy and illusion, through falsehood and foolishness, through confusion, to finally get to hopeful as I got to the OA program. It was simple, but yes, it was hard work. And the torment of my past, had been self-inflicted, and I had to learn slowly and wait for the miracle to happen. If it, if it happens for them, wonderful. If it doesn't, perhaps they'll, it will happen for them with someone else. I am not a God. I'm just another suffering, compulsive overeater. The person who woke up earliest this morning has the most abstinence. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara E. Uh, Let's try not to quote literature from outside sources. Uh, Lisa B.
5: Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I'm grateful for this intensive study of these paragraphs. There's so much to cover, but the line that really jumped out for me is on page 95. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And um, I have to remember that the direction, the recipe for this experience that I am so desperately needing is in this big book. And on page 55, it tells me something that's very, very powerful in re-agnostics. It says, we can only clear the ground a bit if our testimony helps sweep away prejudice enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then, if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. So working with others, it's very easy for me to have my ego attach itself to anything anything at all and I need to remember that the star of the relationship between myself and my protege is the big book, it's not me it's not really my uh, great ideas, it's my experience, strength and hope based in this book Um, I will also share that step 12 in the AA 12 and 12 is really helpful because it does talk about not overmanaging things. And that's what I do when my ego attaches, attaches itself. I start to overmanage things. So I really try to stay to this book, but also offer them hope ah. that, you know,
0: oh, oh, there was a noise there. I heard a noise.
5: Um, it yeah. can be really overwhelming. So I'm
0: sorry, Lisa. Whoever's unmuted, please check your line and mute your phone. Go ahead, Lisa. Sorry. Well, it can seem overwhelming. I thought,
5: you know, Um, again, the thing that my ego wants me to do is separate myself from you. Like, it'll happen for you. It won't happen for me. Or I'm so much better than you. You know, I don't need what you have. But this book, when it says here, if he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And I have to remember that the steps on how to find that higher power is in this book. It's not up to me to really um, get them to get it. So with that, I pass. Thank you for
0: your service, Rebecca. Thank you, Lisa B., for your share. And Chrissy G, are you on the line waiting to speak up?
12: Chrissy G?
0: Well, perhaps Chrissy G will chime in in the second round. Who else would like to share on these four paragraphs? We read from paragraph two on 95 through this paragraph like one on 96. Could R. Marjorie
9: R.
13: Marjorie D.
0: Marjorie
13: M. Me- Melissa C. This is Raquel. I don't know if you heard me, Rebecca.
0: I didn't, Raquel, but I heard you that time. Suji. Okay, there's More people G. I didn't I didn't catch, and I don't know if we're going to have enough time. But let me tell you who I got. I got Nessa R, Marjorie R, I believe, Leah M, Raquel E, Sue G, and Mora Z. And five times three is fifteen. 40, 55. I think that's all the time we have. So I'm sorry if I missed you. But there is another hour coming up. Nessa R, go right ahead.
12: Nessa, we can't hear you.
9: Hi, sorry, I was automatically remuted and I didn't realize it. So, this is Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So, um, I spent nine years in the rooms of OA before I actually found the solution. Um, I bounced from meeting to meeting, from sponsor to sponsor until I finally came to a meeting where I met someone in whom the problem had been solved, not just the food and weight problem, but the coping with life problem. And I don't know if it's because I had been, I I had never uh, received the message or I just heard it, but I I listened to it, but never really heard it. I really don't know. Um, but with this person who became my sponsor, um, you know, I, I discovered the solution. It took a while to to, to get into the groove. But, uh, you know, she was uh, very um, patient and very steeped in the in the big book. And, and with her, I recovered. And so I thought that since so many people had seen me fat, struggling, and miserable in the rooms of way, would now see me in a normal body, happy, no longer suffering from compulsive overeating, um, this program would be an easy sell for me. You know, I, I would be able to uh, to truly effectively carry the message because, you know, people would see what I was like and they would see um, what I am now and they would want to know what happened. And not only did they want to know what happened, they would want to do it themselves. And what I found uh, was not bad. It was Something like, I want what you have, but I am not willing to do what you do. Um, Sadly, like myself for the first nine years, there's a lot of people still looking for the easier, softer way um, inside the rooms. There's people who are still looking for the magic. And you know what? There's, There's miracles in this program, but there is no magic. You know, we get what we work for. Uh, and if we don't work for it, we don't get anything, right? It's like half measures availed us, nothing. Um, and I used to get very, very discouraged. And then I realized, you know, if I'm getting discouraged, that this is not about my sponsor, and this is not about the big book or the message. It's about me. You know, um, step, step 12 tells me try to carry the message. It is not a command for me to actually get through to people. It is not my job to convince people that not only they should want what I have, but they should do what I do. That's the job that they have to do themselves, you know? And it's only um, sheer desperation that can get a person there. That's definitely what got me there. That was the fact that when I met um, the woman who became my sponsor and I saw what was possible, when I coupled my misery with the possibilities that I was seeing in front of me, that's what did it. And I don't know that that's what's going to do it for anybody right. else. You know? Thank you. Everybody has their own journey to go, and it's not up to me uh, to make them do something they're not ready to do. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you.
12: Thanks, Nessa. R. Marjorie G. Hi, this is Marjorie G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I noticed that there are seven instances where the word if occurs in those paragraphs. And, uh, and I've also noticed in the preceding paragraphs that we've read on other days and in the paragraphs that we're going to be reading um, in the next few days, there are many instances of the word if. What that does for me, and I keep bringing this focus back to me, it's not about my protege, the focus is on what is this showing me about me? Every time I see the if, it helps me to look at myself to see how narrow my viewpoint is. People may be interested, but they may not be. People may be sincere, but they may not be. People may want to find God, but they may not. People may think there is another way, and I may think there is only one way. So each one of these is an instance where I get to practice steps 10 and 11. And it is an opportunity for me to get practice doing one of the things that the program promised to me or told me to aim for back on page 19 and 20 where it talks about real tolerance, of other people's viewpoints and constant thought of how we may help meet their needs. Here's the opportunity where I'm getting to do that. When I read that on page nineteen and twenty, I didn't know I didn't have a clue about how to do it. So here I'm I'm backed into being tolerant and having thought of other people. I'm backed into it by my own absolute necessity to work with others it's the only thing that's going to save my life it's not just having nice moral principles and doing the right thing this is going to save my life thank you for listening to me
0: thank you marjorie g leah m
14: thank you so much um, you know, when I look back on the three decades of working with other people, I realize that uh, although there's been tremendous growth in pressing into the step work, you know, of steps one through 11, it's really this working with others that uh, puts that growth and the ability to interact uh, to the test. You know, can I be loving and yet hold uh, to these directions, um, You know, if he's not interested in your solution, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he may may do after he gets hurt some more. I mean, the big book is quite blunt here. Um, He must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends uh, you know, another one here, if you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. To spend too much time on one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity. Um, you know, this is a tough love approach. Um, and, uh, you know, all I have to do is look back on my own history, you know, of of active addiction and people reaching out to me uh, to help me, and yet I just wasn't ready. You know, I just wasn't ready to go to any lengths. I wasn't sick and tired of being sick and tired enough yet enough yet until the disease uh continued to wrap its noose around my neck and tighten the grip and you know when I was ready and my sponsor said you'll be calling me tomorrow at five thirty a.m I said uh you know you betcha you know and when they said jump I said how high because it had become a life or death mission for me and you know that's That's what I wait for, and when I speak to a prospect, that's what I listen for. So when I end up working with people, they're generally ready because I can detect that in the earlier conversations. Um, and so, you know, it is is—it is an art. It is an art to understand that it's really very little to do with me, although I have a responsibility to give an adequate representation of the program of recovery, and there's certainly a skill and an experience and knowledge about that. But the real issue is that there's nothing worse than a head full of OA and a belly full of food, meaning when somebody is ready, um, and they've been pummeled enough by their own illness, um, uh, they come to me because God comes out of the womb. That was my experience. So, you know, they're kind of limp, you know, just ready, ready. The fight is over. Uh, they've thrown in the towel, and um, we can get to work on the business of recovery. Um, because I have an approach. It says we merely have an approach right. that worked with us. Yes, I'm wrapping up. And the approach is the, Im- uh, you know, implementation of the steps. What the steps do is take away the mental obsession, substitute that, uh, a spiritual awakening, a personality change that is sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Leah. M. Raquel E. Hello.
13: Can you hear me, Rebecca? I, I hear you, Raquel. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service, and hello to all my friends, family, dear ones out there. Who are doing the job? Who are being underlined? And well, I I I love you all. God bless you with good recoveries uh, and happiness. Uh, these are some very powerful uh, uh, paragraphs for me right now, especially for me. All that this speaks is really setting the perimeters of what I can and what I can't. Of the powerlessness, the place of God in this whole. Wonderful, wonderful escapade of this God-given, beautiful program and what my part can be in it. If I really am, am putting my ego aside, uh, well, it's, it's easier to have this powerlessness over people I care about in program, but when this person is right now uh, like uh, three floors above me and it's my granddaughter who is in big danger... B- real big danger kidney transplant and 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 hurting herself and several addictions and I'm here down, and it's not time yet, and it's in god's hands and my uh, my daughter, who is uh, really uh, has the mental health that I don't, says to me, "Mom, all you're doing is setting an example, and that's all you can do right now." So there are other people in program that I've gone to meetings here, and I'm able to connect with and to help and be helped. And because this place down here, this basement, is really like uh, not just bullet shell proof, I can ask someone to call me any hour of the night because she can't stay abstinent during the night, and she's put together a week, and I'm happy with that. So really I, I'm experiencing this powerlessness very deeply And I'm very grateful I was able to go for the weekend. I haven't set my timer, so Rebecca, please remind me. um, how um, I was able to take a flight to Baltimore and be with a daughter with whom I have the most difficult relationship because we are very similar and her siblings have already pulled away from her. And they, they really didn't want to let me go. And God went with me, and it was really beyond my expectation. And I'm very grateful for that. I am seeing now, and I want to share it for all of you, my beloved ones there, and Rebecca, uh, the leader today, that really, really I don't even know whom I heard it from, but the, the uh, emotional build-up and the reactions that come out of it, the three things: the frequency, the intensity and the duration aren't what I used to have. Thank God, you know. And so if if I don't use yet the term recovered, because I kind of, I don't know, I can't say. Time. Yes, I'll wrap up. Just that um, um, I want to see more of, I want, ego, more of that uh, eight, eight years and tomorrow nine months, excuse me, eight years and tomorrow really nine months of abstinence. Are probably not enough for me for a person like me to be emotionally that recovered that I should be able to call myself happy, joyous, and free. There are still inner conflicts, but here I'm here, and I have not, and I have not gone to the food. thank god and thank you all for being there and I pass
0: thank you raquel e uh, sue G we have like one minute if you want to take it, or you could wait till next um meeting and Morazi, I'm sorry we won't have time for you. I'll try going for the one minute. This is Suji from Michigan, recovered who's um,
2: looking at this, and this is after when they talk about if they think they can go by some other spiritual approach, encourage them to follow their own conscience. This is after they've read the book, and um so it makes a little different slant um because. I've taken on people that have a completely—they think they can do it a completely different spiritual way. But by the time they've gone through most of the steps, they're swinging around to a spiritual uh, experience and believing in a God of their own understanding. So um, for me, it makes a little difference. I have to really listen to what they're saying before I take them on. With that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Well, Sue, gee, thank you. That was very brief. And um, it's time for us to move on to the closing of our meeting. So thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Monday, September eleventh, two 2017, 7 a.m. Eastern time, is 10410. That's 10410. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Larry Kay please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page.
8: Thanks, Rebecca. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.